Welcome to the Vibrant Living Podcast with Stacey Harmer. I'm so grateful you're here. I'm a certified holistic health and life coach and am passionate about creating a vibrant life. We'll have conversations about nourishing your body, heart, mind, and soul, discovering your purpose and passion, and sharing your gifts with the world. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone who has left a review of this podcast on iTunes. This is a brand new show and it's so helpful for a launch of a new show to gather reviews so it will show up on the algorithms so others who could benefit will find it. To express my gratitude, I'll be sharing a review each week so you can hear what others are taking away from listening to this podcast. This week's review comes from Words with Sons. More than simply a feel-good podcast, Stacy taps into her wealth of life experience to offer insights and exercises, encouraging her listeners to do the very personal work of healing and growing from the inside out. I look forward to more. Thank you so much, Words With Sons. I so appreciate that. And it is a very personal work from the inside out. And every single week, I will be offering activities or exercises that you can do that week to do your own personal work, which makes all the difference. If you've benefited in any way from this free content, I'd be so grateful if you'd be willing to help me spread the word by leaving an iTunes review so more people will have a chance to find it. In the review, please share one takeaway that you've had as you've listened to any of these episodes. If you don't know how to leave a review, I'll post the instructions in the show notes. Thank you so much. This is episode three by Small and Simple Things. Hello, friends. Welcome back. How are you today? Thank you so much for joining me. I have so enjoyed putting this podcast together, taking the time to write it, research it, and seeing all of you that are listening. I thank you so much for joining in. And it's incredible to see people from around the world. Hello to my friends from Germany and Russia that are listening in. So today I want to talk to you about the principle of progress, not perfection. What does that even mean? Well, let me ask you some questions. Do you struggle with perfectionism? Do you want everything to be perfect before you take the next steps forward? Do you ever struggle with overwhelm or the all or nothing mentality? Perfection tends to set us back. And when we do that, we procrastinate. It limits our ability to move forward and accomplish our goals. One of my transformational mentors, Brooke Castillo, says that one of the secrets to her success, which is a 25 plus million dollar annual coaching practice, is that she's been okay with B minus work. We often want things to be perfect before we put them out to the world, but by simply getting into motion, we can get the ball rolling. Cheryl Sandberg, a philanthropist and billionaire, has said, done is better than perfect. Progress, not perfection, means we are striving towards something, but accepting that there will always be room for improvement. If we are stuck in a perfectionistic mindset, we will stay in the same place for way too long. It will never be just right. Be okay with not doing everything perfectly, but do it consistently. That, my friends, is the key. So if you're struggling with this, I invite you to adopt this progress, not perfection mindset and get things done because striving for, per, for perfection is exhausting. I love the mantra, I'm doing the best I can. And some days that might be very minimal and other days it is much more. 
It's easy to slip into the comparison mentality and see someone always doing more or better and start feeling discouraged. That is why adopting the mantra of progress, not perfection is so important. Progress is achievable. First of all, what is progress? <clears throat> it's taking gradual steps forward and moving ahead in a process. Well, what is perfection? This is the most favorable, favorable condition at the highest level. It's without flaws, faults, or defects. And since we are human and no one is perfect, can you see how debilitating it could be to hold yourself to an unrealistic standard? That is why so many people start out the year with a long list of goals. And within a matter of weeks, the percentage of people sticking to their goals continues to drop. Have you ever gone off an eating plan? And because you just weren't perfect at following the plan, and because of that, you throw out the baby with the bathwater and decide that because you weren't perfect, why even try? And you slip back into the same negative or destructive habits. This is not to say that we don't set high expectations for ourselves, but we also give ourselves grace and focus more on the process and developing habits versus the outcome. When we have an all or nothing mindset, we are much more harsh on ourselves than we need to be. I want to share with you today some tips and strategies to help you embrace your perfectly imperfect life. First, focus on the small, consistent steps you can take to move forward. This means appreciating and being gentle with yourself. It is easy to overload ourselves or go into overwhelm with what we want to accomplish. Overwhelm is a disempowering emotion. It is never useful. Have you ever gone into overwhelm with so much you wanted to do, but you felt paralyzed and didn't know where to start? Believe me, I so have been there. The opposite of overwhelm is to constrain yourself, simplify, and chuck it down into small, doable, and actionable steps. This is something I'm consistently working on. It's easy for me to get a grand vision of what I want to accomplish and how I want it to look and then go into overwhelm and get stuck. I learned a powerful lesson a couple months back. Our family was on a vacation in Hawaii. That's probably my favorite place on the planet. I simply love the energy and the aloha spirit that permeates. Well, I spent plenty of time on the beach and in the ocean, riding the waves, paddle boarding and snorkeling. During the duration of our trip, I happened to see six. Yes, I said six sea turtles. These were all at different times. And in, you know, and in the ocean, while I was riding the waves or snorkeling, I was walking near a bay um, and paddleboarding. Well, this has never happened to me before, ever. I might be very lucky if I were to see one. Well, when something shows up consistently for me, it usually feels like there's some message I'm supposed to get. When I shared this experience with a friend, she sent me the spiritual meaning behind a sea turtle. Well, here's the message. Turtle carries the world on its back, grounding it wherever it goes. It is determined and persistent as it slowly moves on land. By slowing down and pacing yourself, you can endure the chaos of life's transformational cycles with ease. Turtle moves swiftly through water, learning to navigate its sensitivity to others' emotions. Well, that message spoke loud and clear to me. Be determined, persistent, consistent, and slow down your pace so you can endure life with ease. Ah, <laughs> it was not about trying to speed it up and get more accomplished. That's very easy for me to try to do. 
It was about going at a slow, steady, consistent pace. Remember the, tort the story of the tortoise and the hare? Slow and steady wins the race. Was this too simple? I love the scripture, by small and simple things, great things are brought to pass. pass. It's those small and consistent steps and habits that make all the difference. Sometimes we might think that this seems too simple or easy to make a difference. We may be looking for answers that seem more grandiose or looking beyond the mark. In the Old Testament, there's a story of how the Israelites were plagued by fiery serpents. Many died from their bites. But when Moses prayed for relief, he was told to make a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. Then if a serpent bit someone and they looked upon the serpent of brass, they would live. Well, this was such a small thing to do for such a miraculous result. But many, many perished because of the simpleness or easiness of the way. Elder David Bednar shared about watering a plant and the importance of a slow and simple, steady pace of dripping water into the soil at a low rate versus spraying large amounts of water with great force where it may not be needed. The steady drip sinks deep into the ground and provides high moisture level in the soil where plants can flourish compared to the flooding. I've spoken several times about nourishing the roots of your tree, your body, your heart, your mind, and spirit. We can focus on consistent drops of water or habits so our roots can grow deep in the soil and our tree will be able to produce fruit in our own personal lives. Sometimes related to our habits or goals, we can flood ourselves with grandiose or elaborate plans of change and not be able to sustain the growth. We, growth, we can easily go into overwhelm or get stuck in the all or nothing mentality. Another example of the small and seemingly simple habits is the compound effect. Several years ago, I was at a convention where Darren Hardy spoke. He spoke about the principles in his book, The Compound Effect. I left that convention with an audio version of his book and started listening to his words every time I was driving in my car. I was inspired. His words and the concepts he taught changed me for the better. The compound effect is the principle of reaping huge rewards from a series of small and smart choices. What's really interesting about the process is that even though the results are massive, the steps in the moment don't feel significant at all. Whether you're using this strategy for improving your relationships, health, finances, or anything else for that matter, the changes are so subtle that they're almost imperceptible. Darren says that these small changes offer little or no immediate results. So no big win, no obvious I told you so payoff. So why bother? Most people get tripped up by the simplicity of the compound effect. Have you ever quit exercising after a week or given up on your eating plan because you're still overweight? <laughs> Unfortunately, sometimes I seem to learn best by figuring out what doesn't work. I was following a plan where I was not eating sugar and flour and consistently writing down my food plan the night before. It was simple and I made progress. But after a while, it began feeling slow. At this time, I had already lost about 20 pounds doing this, but it seemed slower than I wanted. I was losing an average of two to three pounds per month. 
I started to lose my patience. I got this idea in my head that if I did something different, it would come off much quicker because those 10 last pounds were still there. I thought if I did it differently, I would lose maybe two to three pounds per week instead of month. So I walked away from the small, slow, consistent effort and progress I was making and tried to accelerate my results. Well, instead of accelerating my progress and quickly losing the last 10 pounds that I wanted, I found it difficult to sustain my desired actions. So because I deemed myself a failure and slipped back into the all or nothing mentality, I ended up reversing my trend of slowly dropping the extra weight to slowly gaining it until I had regained the whole 20 pounds back. Have you ever been there? Well, afterwards, I thought many times, why was I in such a hurry? If I had simply followed the slow and simple plan of implementing those positive habits, I would have long been at my ideal weight, but I decided that I wanted the quick fix to my detriment. I hope I learned my lesson. Slow and steady wins the race. We tend to overestimate what we can do in a short amount of time and underestimate what we can do over the long run. The same is true for consistently practicing the piano, daily meditation or prayer, saving money, or just about any other habit. Well, Darren illustrates the compound effect and how it can make such a profound difference. He says it so beautifully that I'm going to share right from his book. He calls it the magic penny. If you were given a choice between taking $3 million in cash this very instant and a single penny that doubles in value every day for 31 days, which would you choose? If you've heard this before, you know the penny gambit is the choice you should make. You know it's the course that will lead to greater wealth. Yet, why is it so hard to believe that choosing the penny will result in more money in the end? Because it takes so much longer to see the payoff. Let's take a closer look. Let's say you take the cold, hard cash and your friend goes the penny route. Well, on day five, your friend has 16 cents. You, however, have $3 million. On day 10, it's $5.12 versus your big bucks. How do you think your friend is feeling about her decision? You're spending your millions enjoying the heck out of it and loving your choice. Well, after 20 full days, with only 11 days left, Penny Lane has only $5,243. How is she feeling about herself at this point? For all of her sacrifice and positive behavior, she has barely more than $5,000. You, however, have $3 million. Then the invisible magic of the compound effect starts to become visible. The same small mathematical growth improvement each day makes the compound compounded penny worth $10 million, 737,418 and 24 cents on day 31, more than three times your 3 million. In this example, we see the consistency over time is so important. On day 29, you've got your 3 million. Well, Penny Lane has around 2.7 million. It isn't until day 30 of this 31 day race that she pulls ahead with 5.3 million. And it isn't until the very last day of this month long ultra marathon that your friend blows you out of the water. She ends up more than tripling your 3 million. 
very few things are as impressive as the magic of compounding pennies. Amazingly, this force is equally powerful in every area of your life. I love that example. Thank you, Darren Hardy. You'll always hear me talking about nourishing your four roots, your body, heart, mind, and spirit. Once those roots are deep and nourished, you are producing beautiful fruit in your own personal life, sharing your gifts and talents with others. What if you did one thing in each of those four areas every day consistently? Would it feel too simple to make a difference? We just saw the power of the compound effect. It takes some time, but it pays big dividends. Okay, one, I would like you to choose one area of your body. That could mean that you consistently drink more water or take a walk around the block to get your body moving, do yoga daily or eating a salad a day. Of course, we could list a dozen things that would be ideal. But how about we choose just one until you've mastered that habit? There is power in the one thing. In fact, that is one of my favorite personal development books, The One Thing by Gary Keller. It supports the principles I've been sharing today. Small and simple things done consistently over time make all the difference. I love this quote by Josh Billings. Be like a postage stamp. Stick to one thing until you get there. Ha! <laughs> I love that. In an ADHD world with so many distractions, consistently sticking with one small habit at a time can be a challenge. My one habit I'm focusing on right now is drinking more water daily. Water helps assist in so many functions in our body, including releasing toxins, improving cognitive function, helping carry oxygen to the cells, and keeps our joints strong, healthy, and lubricated. We should be drinking half our body weight in ounces of water daily. So by doing this, water aids in weight loss, and this is one seemingly simple habit that can make a big difference. You can choose anything, stretching, walking, eating more greens, more sleep, etc. It doesn't mean you can't do other healthy habits, but there is power in mastering one habit consistently over time before focusing on another. How could you nourish your heart daily? Well, there are a dozen different things you could do, like writing in your journal, seeking or giving forgiveness, providing service or giving someone a hug. How would it make a difference in your relationships if you gave your child or spouse a hug every day when they walked in the door? This is a sure way to open up your heart. What is it about a hug that can be so stress relieving? When we're feeling a little low, a warm hug can provide comfort like nothing else. The lack of touch in our lives is detrimental to our well-being. We need physical contact to feel connected to something other than ourselves. I have a dear friend in her 70s who lives alone in Italy. She told me how challenging and isolating the pandemic felt. She said, Stacy, do you know how long it's been since I was able to hug someone? Be grateful you have your children and your husband that you can hug every day. We need that physical touch. Psychologist Virginia Satter once said, we need four hugs a day for survival. We need eight hugs a day for maintenance, and we need 12 hugs a day for growth. Time to get hugging, my friends. That opens up our hearts, raises our vibration, and accelerates our growth. Okay, number three is 
How could you nourish your mind daily? It might be choosing to read something uplifting, saying affirmations, or creating and looking at a vision board daily. There's lots of options. I personally have affirmations that I've been saying nearly daily now for around 13 years. <laughs> you see, I learned the hard way. Like I said, after losing my sweet daughter, I had negative words and thoughts going on in my brain, like a recorder nonstop for nearly two years. If only I had done this, or if only I had done that. I'm a failure as a mother, etc. I don't even like to say those words, but I didn't know any better at the time. This negative self-talk definitely had a compound effect, but in the opposite direction, to my detriment, I hit a tipping point until I crashed. When I realized I needed to rewire my brain and thinking, I chose affirmations. After studying the brain, I knew that to change the neuro, the neuro pathways, I needed repetition, frequency, and intensity. I need to visualize my new words and beliefs. What I did was I wrote out my new beliefs and affirmations, even though at the time I didn't believe them about myself. I thought of women I admired and had these traits that I desired. And as I thought of these many impactful women, I began learn, um, writing them down to create my own affirmations. I began leaning on them. I wrote them out on paper and started repeating them, but something happened. I'd be driving in my car and one of those negative pesky thoughts would slip back into my brain. How did that happen? <laughs> well, because of those neural pathways that had been so strongly developed, I would quickly go down the slippery slope back to the negative place. I decided I needed to memorize those affirmations so I could always pull them out of my brain at any time that I needed them to help rewire my brain. I would need to say, stop, no, that is not who I am. That repeated cycle that had been going on in my brain. I would say, stop, this is who I am, and then start repeating my affirmations. I'm just gonna rattle off a few. <laughs> I have a lot and they're deep within my soul. I'm Stacey Larson Harmer. I'm loving and vibrant, giving and compassionate, sweet and gentle, strong and determined, helpful and healing, fit and lean, smart and articulate, clean and organized, inspiring and influential, beautiful and talented. That's just a few. <laughs> a few of many that are deep in my heart and completely out of my, you know, memorized in my brain and soul. But let me just tell you, when I wrote those down, I didn't believe them about myself. I had to write I had to read them. I had to say them. I had to visualize that that is who I was recreating myself to be. That is who I believe I am now. Like a mentor of mine, Paula Fellingham has written in her book, Believe, Believe It, Become It. Everything is first created spiritually before it becomes into creation. And it starts with our thoughts and our beliefs. So, so doing those small and simple steps consistently over time makes the, a big difference. So <laughs> that's one of the things you can do to nourish your mind. There are many. Choose one habit. Number four, how do you nourish your spirit? I invite you to choose one thing and practice it daily. It could be prayer, scriptures, being in nature, journaling, or my favorite meditation. I'll do a whole other episode on meditation because it is the one practice that has changed my life more than any other. And when I say meditation, it is really a form of prayer. 
It's prayer and listening and communicating and quieting my mind. It's slowing my breath, breathing deeply, emptying out the mind, being still. It allows us to be present in the moment and quiets the monkey mind, not being so concerned with the past or anxious about the future. It is simply being in the moment. I invite you to try it. It is a sacred experience. You might not feel that way at the beginning, but consistently doing it over time, you will have beautiful experiences. I believe it's God's time. David O. McKay said that meditation is the most secret, most sacred door we can walk through to come into the presence of God. I encourage you to choose one practice daily. This doesn't mean that you can't add more in the future. But remember that it's through small and simple things done consistently that great things are brought to pass. This is the way that we stay in forward motion, creating consistent progress and letting go of perfection. Thank you so much for listening today, my friends. Your fun action item for the week is to come up with one simple habit in each of the four roots, your body, heart, mind, and spirit, and commit to doing it daily and consistently. And I'm talking, it could take a matter of minutes, not hours. Do not go into overwhelm. Slow and steady wins the race. If you like this episode and podcast, I would so love it if you could share it with a friend or someone else that could use it. Leave me a review on your podcast app or in iTunes. My desire is to reach the people that can use these words. Thank you so much for your help, my friends. I love you and hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day.